G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, a Monday evening edition coming at you after another fantastic weekend of footy. No basketball on obviously, but we are gearing up for free agency to kick off within the coming days. So a little bit of fantasy stuff in the works as well. JLo is in line for Wednesday's pod, so I'll dive deep into a lot of fantasy tidbits and free agency then. But round 15 did live up to the hype. I didn't think that there were too many of the games that were boilovers. Obviously, there was a couple. Shout out North Melbourne. But it was a wicked weekend of footy. Free agency, like I said, is just on the horizon. So I don't want to waste any more time and dive into today's episode. Speaking of the weekend of footy, let's start with round 15 in the AFL. I'm not going to dive comprehensively into it. I already recapped a couple of the games on Saturday morning's episode, but there were some rippers, like I said, over the weekend. As a Frio fan, I was a bit bummed with the effort that they dished up against Carlton. Granted, if you had told me before this season that would be sitting near the top four with like two thirds of the season in the books, I would not be mad. So the Blues, full credit to them. I think I said the other night to a couple of the boys I was watching the game with, Carlton will be playing in the grand final and I still won't be a believer. Their midfield lifted and they definitely looked like the best team when they took on Frio on Saturday. Saturday night, we saw the Swans take care of business pretty comprehensively against St. Kilda as well. And obviously, I've been big on the Swans all year. That sets the table for a pretty intriguing Friday night clash this weekend. We've got the Swans going up against the... Uh, sorry, the Blues, rather, going up against the Saints. And I think St. Kilda, you don't want to say their season's on the line, but they've started to slip. They've lost a couple in a row. They really shouldn't have dropped the game that they did to the Dons. And they lost in pretty ugly fashion last weekend to Sydney. It was the lowest score that Brat Ratton has scored as a coach. So... I don't really know if I believe in St. Kilda as a genuine finals threat. And I've said that a couple of times about Carlton and their premiership credentials. But if they come out and smack the Saints, then I might have to change my tune a little bit. Obviously, the big game of the round and the one that everyone was looking forward to, other than probably Melbourne and Brisbane, was Geelong versus Richmond. And that we'd love to throw around very quickly. The That was the best game of the year as soon as it's done. But looking back on it, that probably was the best game of the year. The Fremantle-Geelong one that was played earlier in the year comes to mind. And there was a couple of other close games, but just because the margin's close doesn't always mean that it was a ripper game. And I thought that lived up to the hype. Shout out to Geelong. I didn't think that they were going to get going to get over the line. I thought that Richmond were going to be the victors, but Geelong's now sitting second on the ladder. And I do wonder if we're sleeping on them a little bit. Not many people have been talking about them as genuine premiership threats. They've started to peak as the season's getting towards the end. And for a lot of the Geelong blokes that have experienced a lot of success over a sustained period of time, this might be a genuine last crack. So don't sleep on the cats. They seem to be trending in the right direction at the right time of the year. It's not all good news for Geelong though. Second item on the agenda, I want to address the Tom Stewart incident. So if you haven't seen, Tom Stewart opted to bump Dion Prestia in that contest early and ended up clocking him with his elbow pretty much. Dion Prestia went down like a sack of potatoes. So Tom Stewart is looking at a lengthy stint on the sidelines. It's not going to see him miss the rest of the season. It's nothing too extreme, but it's gone straight to the tribunal and it was a pretty nasty looking incident. Obviously Stewart, he seems like a pretty high class character and Brad Scott, Brad Scott, Chris Scott, I always get the two mixed up. 
I'm sure it's Chris. I have no idea. Scotty was saying in his post-game presser that uh, obviously Tom Stewart was really remorseful for the incident. Uh, he opted to bump and knew that he'd made a horrible mistake in a split second decision. So I think he's probably going to be looking at three, four, maybe even more weeks on the sideline. Fantasy coaches would have been hoping that Tommy Stewart bottomed out a little bit. Those people trying to trade him in. And obviously the players, who are coaches who do have him in their side, were hoping that he can contribute and get back to being a dominant Stewart that we all uh, know and love in the back line. He did actually take some pretty crucial marks down the stretch for Geelong. And I thought was one of, if not the MVP in that game. So his absence would be pretty big for the Cats. And I'll be interested to see just how many weeks he gets, given all the fanfare and all the hoo-ha around the incident. I think three to four weeks is pretty fair. Three seems like it's a little bit light. So four weeks is probably, if I was a betting man, what I'd put my money on. Third topic of business, let's discuss some AFL fantasy bits and pieces. So the large Fries and Coke scored 21.73 this week, which is all right. It's okay. I had to field four rookies because I've still got Alex Witherden and I still got Dane Zorko sitting in my side. But obviously with a pair of trades up my sleeve, we all expect Zorko to be back. So I'll just throw him back onto my field. And if Alex Witherden cracks into the fantasy 22, which I don't think is likely, then hopefully... I can remove another rookie off my field with another move and get Luke Jackson. I think he has to be trade target number one this week for non-Luke Jackson owners. Some people are sweating a little bit over Max Gorn's potential inclusion. He today was declared unlikely, but doesn't mean he's not going to play this weekend. It seems unlikely, and I reckon he'll make his return the following week, but I'm not too hurt or distressed about the idea of trading Jackson in and Gorn then returning to the fold, I think that Luke Jackson, he's had a career high in tackles over the weekend against the Lions, and he's shown that he's not a traditional backup ruckman. Darcy Cameron, on the other hand, when Brody Grundy comes back in, I'm a little bit more worried about his fantasy chops. I feel like he'll just reside in the cage a bit more and be utilized as a second ruckman when Grundy is resting. But I feel like Jackson has shown that he can move around the ground a bit more. He's almost like a tall midfielder. I know he is a ruckman still, but... The, some of the things he was doing on Thursday night against Brisbane was pretty impressive. So Jackson's the number one trade target for me. I am going to be dropping my dream team talk rookies piece on Wednesday morning for the traders boys. And there's not a ton of rookies filtering through that. I love Josh Carmichael, the Collingwood midseason pickup. He might be nearing a debut, but guys like Elijah Hollins and Jai Cully don't seem likely. So we've got to try and find other ways to generate some cash and, Luke Jackson has a break-even of 30. If you plug him in as your F6 R2 for a couple of weeks, even if he has another, let's say he has 90 this week without Gorney in the lineup, and then he has an 80 or a 70, or he goes 90, 80, 70 over a three-week period, still pretty solid scores, and he's still going to tick up 100K, hopefully, close to anyway, and he'll be able to make you a little bit of cash that then you can use to leapfrog to a big name, like a fallen Timmy Taranto or someone like Bontempelli. So... Jackson hopefully will be coming into my side this week, but if Witherden isn't included, I might just use this as a really good excuse to get my hands on Sam Doherty. So a couple of things will play out for the large fries and Coke. Like I said, 2173, I'm sitting at about 4,000th overall. I think I'm 4,040th, something of the sort. So I'm not giving up hope on a top 2,000 finish. Alrighty. Basketball time. Item number four, I want to address Bradley Beal's free agency. I'm not going to go into length about Bradley Beal, 
But I think his free agency decision really comes down to one of two things. Do you want the money or do you want a championship? Because there's rumors filtering around that he's going to decline his player option, which is worth about $36 million, And he's going to sign a whopping $248 million Supermax, which I understand why he'd want to do. It's a quarter of a billion dollars. That's B, a billion with a B. So if he does do that, I've got no qualms with Bradley Beal sticking with the Wizards. He's been a pretty loyal guy, similar to what Dame Lillard has for, been for Portland. He said for a lengthy period of time that he really wants to win in Washington. But I don't think he's going to. I think if he wants to win, he's going to have to leave. Boston is obviously a team that he's got some connections with. He's really good mates with Jason Tatum. There's been rumors flirting around for, you know, most of his uh, second contract and most of the time that Boston's been on the up that he's going to get traded there. Or he's going to land in Miami or Golden State or the Sixers or someone's going to pry him out of Washington. But now Bradley Beal really does have the decision. If he wants, he could probably sign a four-year, $170 million contract or even like a three-year, $100 million something. There's ways that he can join a winner and not commit for millions of dollars and four or five years. But if he wants the bag, I'm not going to get too angry at the bloke. I mean, these guys at the end of the day, if you're dangled $250 million in your face, that's life-changing money. And that's like generational life-changing money. He doesn't have to worry about a single thing for the rest of his life or his kid's life or his grandkid's life or probably those kids' great-grandkids' lives. So I'll be interested to see exactly how Bradley Beal's free agency pans out. Gun to my head, I think he's going to take the bag. I think he's going to stay with the Wizards. And it might happen that he's 28 now. I'm pretty sure he was born in 93. So he might turn out that two, three years now, halfway through his contract, he does request a trade. But like I said all along, he really does seem like he wants to win in Washington. I don't think it's going to happen. But I wish you the best of luck, Bradley. Okay, item number five on the podcast today. I want to talk about some of the restricted free agents. I'm going to do a deep dive with JLo on some potential landing spots for free agents, but I'm looking now at DeAndre Ayton, Miles Bridges, Anthony Simons, and Colin Sexton. Now, straight off the bat, I think that Miles Bridges and Colin Sexton are going to stay with the Hornets and the Cavs, respectively. We might see someone throw a bit of a bag at Colin or Miles Bridges after his breakout year to try and get them out of their scenarios, but Signing for somewhere in the mid to high 20s is probably likely for Bridges and Colin Sexton, probably a little bit less than that, 20 to 22 million annually. I'd love to see him as a Cavs fan sign a three-year $60 million deal or something like that. I think it's worth it. And he could be a potential trade piece for the Cavs if they want to try and get a bigger name. Bridges, like I said, had his breakout year. He's going to get paid. If I wanted to pay any of this bunch though, I'd want to throw huge money and Anthony Simons. Portland's probably not going to let him go, especially now he's a restricted agent, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. If someone, like I said, does to throw, decide to throw serious cash at him, then maybe Portland will falter and decide not to do it. But he is potentially the cornerstone of that franchise in the future. We'll have to wait and see how their rest of their roster takes shape now that they've got Jeremy Grant. Dame Lillard's obviously still very much in the picture. Yusuf Nurkic is another free agent. So the Blazers maybe are still going to be contending. Either way, you need to keep Simons around. DeAndre Ayton is the really interesting one. He was mentioned in plenty of trade rumors approaching the draft. Detroit was a team that was keen on him. Then they weren't. Now it seems like he may end up staying in Phoenix. I don't know who's going to pay him the max, which is reportedly what he wants. 
And it doesn't seem like he's going to be happy settling for less either. So he's got the choice of signing the qualifying offer, which is worth about $16 million. So he could do that and play out the season in Phoenix and then go into unrestricted free agency. But while I'm still a big fan of DeAndre Ayton, and I would be happy to try and get him onto my basketball team if I was an NBA GM, I don't think paying him the max is a wise move, especially given the way that the modern NBA is panning out. You can find a dude, not in the same talent level as DeAndre Ayton, but someone that contributes around the mark, like Rob Williams and Al Horford, you squash those two contracts together and it probably doesn't add up to a max contract that Ayton's potentially going to sign. So it doesn't seem to stretch the floor too much with his shooting. He's got a nice mid-range shot now. He's developed a pretty consistent pick and pop game with Chris Paul, but I wouldn't be throwing stupid money at DeAndre Ayton, but it's a move that, I don't know, the aforementioned Washington Wizards could do or the Sacramento Kings, they love to do dumb shit. Maybe the New York Knicks, who knows? If someone pays DeAndre Ayton, I can't see him wanting to stay in Phoenix or them wanting to match it. But his contract and how much he gets paid in the offseason is a very intriguing talking point, not just for DeAndre Ayton, but for the future of the big men who cut from a similar cloth and don't really possess a three-point shot. Radio. last item on the agenda. I want to talk about Majak Dor, who today announced his retirement effective immediately from the AFL. It's a bit of a shame that he injured his pec right before Max Gorn went out of the side because Magic probably could have entered that demon side and played a couple of games and that would have been a wicked talking point for footy fans. As it stands, he's going to end his career with 54 games, 43 goals, and it is a real tribute to Magic to get back onto the AFL field after all the troubles and the issues that he had in his past. It's a real human triumph as they say i stole that from Dwayne russell's call after re-watching a couple of magic highlights and he kicked a goal in his return match for the ruse after his injuries and his personal demons that he battled so magic door is probably going to go down as one of the most physically imposing players we've ever seen that bloke was fucking chiseled and took some huge clunks took a mark of the year in 2016 so Shout out to Magic Door and what was a pretty respectable AFL career. He was in the system for over 10 years and you don't manage to do that if you're a scrub. So I wish him all the best in retirement. He said he's retiring with no regrets and he's pretty chuffed and he's got immense pride with what he's achieved in his AFL career. And I think he should have. He's been a great servant of the game and he's definitely a player that we're going to miss. Another episode done and dusted. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said, Wednesday's podcast is shaping up as a doozy with uh, everyone's favorite co-host. So make sure you subscribe to either the YouTube or the podcast to uh, check that one out. Another Friday app, probably be doing that one Friday morning because uh, once again, there's a couple of Fantas and some cool drinks uh, on the line for Friday evenings activities. So that's it for the Monday pod. Thanks for tuning in and I will catch you next time.